Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's your boy DJ Dumo. Welcome to another episode of the After Party Podcast. Well, actually, this is not really an episode, it's a bonus episode. I'm just here to talk to you a little bit about what's going on with the podcast and give you an update on my trip to Africa. As some of you may know, I actually was away for about three weeks. So that's why we didn't have an episode of the After Party Podcast because I was gone on vacation back to my mother town, Nigeria. And it was fucking incredible. And this is just a little update, just letting you know what happened. And, um, you know, a few things that I learned from my trip to Africa. It's been eye-opening. It's been exciting. As some of you may know, I actually immigrated to Canada when I was a teenager back in 2010 and it's been fucking 12 years since then I went back home once in 2015 and this was the second time I was going back after seven years so it was a lot of fun I got to you know connect with family see a lot of people and it was exciting and yeah a few things happened on the trip and a few things really made me just think about life in a very different way and i just wanted to share some of those things so the title of this episode is five things i learned from my visit to africa so grab yourself some refreshments grab yourself anything that'll help you feel comfortable and we will be right back after the intro boom All right, welcome back to the After Party Podcast. Let's begin with lesson number one. Lesson number one, understand that whatever it is you consider normal in your life right now is only normal to you because of your background or because of your cultural upbringing. And it's okay for it to not be normal somewhere else. And that's the beautiful thing about life. And I'm going to go into detail here. So um, back home in Nigeria, there's certain things that people in Canada will probably think that, what the fuck is this? Why is this such a big deal? For example, if you hand over something, let's say you're holding something and you're trying to give that to someone else and you give it to them with your left hand, especially if it's an elderly person, they might actually take offense I don't know if this is all over Nigeria, but where I'm from, you need to actually use your right hand to give someone something and not your left hand because that shows, like if you give them something with your right hand, it means that you're respectful and you acknowledge that this person is an is an elderly person and you, you want to show some respect. But if you hand it off to them with your left hand, then it's almost disrespectful. Like they feel kind of offended by that. And I totally forgot about this. Like, I grew up in Nigeria, so this was something that I knew. But after after spending 12 years in Canada, there's just certain parts of your culture that you just forget, such as this, right? So last time I went back home, I was trying to give someone money, um, like an elderly person. And then I gave her the money with my left hand. And she just, she just kind of smacked my hand away. And she was like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, she didn't say that literally, what the fuck. But you know what I mean? She was kind of like, why are you doing that? Like, you should use your right hand hand to give this money to me and then i realized that holy shit i totally forgot about that and then i apologized and said hey i'm sorry and then i 
I switched it to my to my right hand and I gave her the money. And um, now, a lot of you here in this in the Western world might think that that is so dumb, but it's actually not because every every culture, in my experience, every culture has things that they consider respectful and not respectful. And before you go about, you know, concluding that this is just lame, it's just it's just different cultures, right? So understand that whatever it is you consider normal. It, can only be it's sometimes it's only normal to you because of where you grew up because of your culture because of your upbringing and whenever you go or whenever you experience someone else who is kind of different in a way to you be open-minded and ready to you know accept that certain things are just completely different another example of this is um if you call someone an elderly person by their by their first name, it's actually pretty disrespectful. I I can't call my mom by her name like that. Is there is no way I can do that, and not just my mom, to my aunt and my uncles and all of those people. It's just disrespectful, right? Um, even if it's someone that's outside your family who isn't directly related to you, we always just address them as sir or ma or. or Sorry, we just address them as sir or or madam, or you can call them uncle, auntie, bro, whatever. But you actually cannot refer to them as, you know, their real name. Now, there's some exceptions. Some people don't care. You know, there's, there are people who just don't really care about that. But just as, as a general rule, you don't address people by their first name if they're much older than you you always use something else like some kind of pronoun like ma'am or sir or uncle even if it's not your uncle it's kind of it's kind of um, interesting how that is and just to add to that you can actually call someone by their first name but you need to add a pronoun to that so let's say you're trying to say something to someone so rather than saying hi john you have to say hi uncle john or hi auntie linda or something like that even if it's not your auntie even if it's not your uncle it's kind of interesting you know so that's my first lesson that i learned understand that whatever it is you consider normal to you is only normal because of your cultural upbringing or because of where you grew up and it's okay that it's completely nonsense somewhere else and you should be open-minded enough to accept that boom okay lesson number two Wealth and poverty are actually relative. I'll say that again. Wealth and poverty, being considered rich or being considered poor, those two things are relative to the geographical location where you grew up. And this is going to make sense in a second. Let's, let's give you an example just so you understand what I'm saying. Let's say you meet someone in Canada and they tell you they make $30 a day. Not $30 an hour, but $30 a day. They work eight hours a day and they go home with $30. What would, what would you be thinking? You'd be freaking furious. You would say, what the hell? Like, this is child abuse, you know? Why would you be making $30 a day? That's really small money. Like, who's your boss? They should be, they should be fired or they should be sued for human abuse or whatever, right? $30 a day. That's really small money in Canada. If you go to Nigeria, or a lot of places in Africa, $30 a day is... Okay, let's let's use Nigeria. $30 a day as of 2022, that would be roughly 8,000 Naira. Naira is the currency in Nigeria. 8,000 Naira a day. 
If you were living on 8,000 Naira a day, man, you would be balling. I'm going to say that again. If you were making $8,000 so, uh, 8, Nigerian Naira a day, that means every 10 days you're making 80,000 Naira. Every month you're making 240,000 Naira, right? Fuck, I can't math right now. <laughs> 80,000 Naira every 10 days. So you're making 240,000 Naira a month. Man, you would be in the top 10% of people in Nigeria. And I'm not even joking. That is actually fact. On $30 a day, you would be making really good money in Nigeria, right? So if somebody told you that, oh, and this is, this is, one, this is one problem that I have with a lot of these charity organizations. They might start, you know, advertising, please help a poor African, please help this poor person because they're only living on I don't know, less than $20 a day and they need your support, they need your help, blah, 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 blah. While all of those things sound good and nice, a lot of times what they're doing is they're literally just taking the currency value in that country and converting that to, you know, the Western dollars and then it makes it look like that person is actually suffering. And, um, you know, this is not discounting that there are people suffering and there are people struggling to survive. That's happening a lot in my country, in Nigeria. So that's not taking out that fact, you know. But the truth of the matter is um, a lot of times people are actually richer than you think, okay? And um, I just wanted to clarify that, that, you know, $30 a day to someone in Canada might not seem like a lot, but to someone in Nigeria, that person is actually balling. So if somebody, next time somebody tells you, um, please help a poor African because they're only making $20 a day, you know, you should really think about what that means, you know, for that person in Africa, because so many of those things they can still afford, they can still, you know, live life in a pretty good, you know, sense they can still afford food they can still afford you know things and all of that so i i just wanted to clarify that now on the flip side of things if you tell someone so when i tell people back home how much i make a year in canadian dollars they also think that i'm i'm balling because if you convert that to the local currency it feels like i'm a freaking millionaire right like holy shit man this guy is rich rich but that's not the case you know i'm not doing terrible you know i i have a pretty good life and i'm happy about that but the fact is the way things cost in the western world is not the same way things cost back home in Nigeria or pretty much any most places in Africa as well. So let's say the average rent. What's the average rent right now in in Canada for for a two bedroom? Like twelve hundred, maybe thirteen hundred in Saskatchewan. Thirteen hundred dollars that would actually get you a full year's rent in Nigeria. You know, $1,300 would get you a full year's rent in Nigeria and you'll still have a lot of money left for, you know, something else. But back here, it's like just one month. So even though it seems like you're making a lot of money to people back home, you're actually spending a lot of that money. So in the end, the quality of life of someone in Nigeria 
isn't that much different in terms of disposable income. I'm talking about disposable income here. I'm not talking about everything else. You know, I still love living in Canada. I love the West. It's it's freaking amazing. And it's nowhere compared to Nigeria, unfortunately. But in terms of disposable income, someone who's making less than you in dollar value might actually have more money than you. Um, if you consider like their location, they might actually have more money, like in terms of disposable income, how much they're able to afford, how much they're able to do things compared to you that's making a lot more money if you're just looking at just the monetary value. So apart from monetary value, you just also have to look at where the location is, how much things cost back there. You know, um, a plate of food, let's say you want to have a really good meal in Nigeria, you could be spending like, I don't know, 3,000 naira, you know, for like a really good well, let's say 5,000. I don't know, 5,000 naira for a really good food. I'm not, I'm not talking about just basic food. I mean like high-end, high-scale restaurant and you just want to like live and enjoy. You could be spending up to like anywhere from 3,000 to 5,000 naira, right? And if you, if you convert that to Canadian dollars, that's not a lot of money. You cannot, you cannot get a really good meal for... Twenty dollars. <laughs> you you really cannot. Like yes, you can get some, but let's. Um, we're talking about high end restaurant here. You cannot get that, right? So think about that whenever you think about how how people are poor back in certain parts of the world and how you're rich. And it's sometimes they might actually be doing better than you. <laughs> so that's lesson number two that I learned from my visit to Africa. Boom. Okay, lesson number three. Putting all of your faith in the government or putting all of your faith in the system for your complete survival, that is a terrible idea. I'll say that again. If you have to depend on the governments for everything, or if you have faith in your leaders for all of your or for all of your needs in terms of employment, in terms of your finances, in terms of your retirement plan and everything, putting all of that in the government and thinking that they have your best interests at heart, that is a terrible idea. And this is not only true in Nigeria, but pretty much any parts of the world. As a human being, you need to start thinking for yourself. You need to start thinking that when you retire in 40 years time or 50 years or whatever, you know how long, depending on how old you are. If you're not thinking about that and if you're not really making moves to actually becoming better for yourself financially and you're hoping that your retirement savings account or you're hoping that your, your retirement funds will take care of things when you're old, that is a terrible idea. It really is. And this is not just true in Nigeria. It's true in Canada. And uh, the reason why I say this is because when I went back home, man, holy, holy fuck, man, I've seen people struggle. I see people going two, three weeks, sorry, two or three months without getting paid their salaries, right? In Nigeria, they don't really pay you based on how many hours you work. I mean, some places probably do, but most places is salary-based. It's not like they don't pay you per hour. You just, at the end of the month, you get you know, your salary for the month, right? And you see people working for the government and sometimes they're owed salaries for like two or three months, you know? That's why a lot of Nigerians are very entrepreneurial. I would say probably there's more entrepreneurs in Nigeria than people who actually have regular jobs, right? Because everyone is hustling, man. That is such a hustle culture. You see people waking up at 6 o'clock 
o'clock in the morning and they, they're hustling. They're going about their business, doing their things, their shops or their stores or whatever it is that they're doing. And they grind like, holy fuck, man. People grind in Nigeria. I, I don't think I've seen that much grinding anywhere else, like not even in Canada. I'm not even joking. People would literally work from 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. and they go back home and then they just do the same thing the next day. And sometimes they don't even make a lot of money, but they're still working. They're working because they're trying to build a future for themselves because they know that depending on the government is a terrible idea because they know that the government does not have their best interests at heart, you know, and while in the West, it's so much better in terms of, you know, there's good roads and there's constant power supply and there's like a lot of things that many people take for granted. Um, so because of that, some people tend to just become more relaxed and they don't go after life as as aggressively as people back home do it. And that's one lesson that I learned. And I think as a person in general, you shouldn't always just leave everything in the hands of the system you shouldn't always just feel like everything is going to be okay you know every month you get your tax deductions towards your cpp and all of that and you know that at the end of when you when you turn 60 or 65 you know life will be good and all of that you shouldn't be like that (laughs) you know it's a free world you can do whatever the fuck you want but i feel like everybody needs to at least be thinking of other ways of making money. You know, you sh- I feel like everybody needs to be thinking of certain ways to generate income for themselves that is just outside the regular um, nine-to-five job, you know, like do a side hustle or like something. I don't know, like just don't depend fully on the system, you know, like you got to take matters into your own hands sometimes, you know, not i'm not advocating for doing illegal shit i mean actually like doing something that would even if it's a second job or even if it's a side income or like something else you know or like look into investments look into how to build credit just 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 take more responsibility for your life knowing that the government doesn't always have your best interests at heart. You know, like I am not very trusting of the government, to be honest with you. And maybe it's because I've seen how shitty it can get back in my country, um, in my home country. So because of that, I just have that natural tendency to distrust the government a lot of time. And I always feel like, even if they say, you know, oh, you know, we have your best interest. This is all going to be good. You know, you will end up with more money and we're going to curb inflation and we'll make things better for all Canadians and blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah. I am also thinking about myself. You know, I'm thinking about where do I want to be in the next five years? Where do I want to be in the next 10 years? And I am not just going to be hoping that, you know, after five years time, you know, I get a raise for my job and 20 years time I get another raise and I hope that that I don't get fired or anything, you know. I am a person that I am very aggressive when it comes to like actually building, building a life for myself, you know. Like I'm thinking about how to to take things to the next level for myself. And, you know, I, I learned this from back home, man. Like, like I said, people are struggling. Like at the end of the year, they still don't re- even make much money, but... That hustle culture, it is very, very apparent in Nigeria because they know that if they sleep or if they depend on the government or if they think the government has their best interests at heart, then they're just going to fucking go away. You know, like nothing is going to happen. So 
That's uh, lesson number three for you. Okay, lesson number four. Religion and spirituality are very big in Africa and people use those as coping mechanisms for their daily struggles. And it actually helps in a way. And perhaps this is something that certain people, even in the West, could potentially look into if they are struggling with mental health and all of that. Um, let me go into detail here. So everyone is different, right? Like there, there's people who believe in the existence of God or a higher power or the universe or, you know, whatever you want to call it, Allah, um, you know, Buddha and all of that. Different cultures have different religions, right? And then there are people who just don't believe in anything, you know, and, you know, it's okay. Whatever it is you you want to do that's that's your life and that's totally fine um what i found out however in nigeria is that almost everyone is religious i would say potentially probably like 99 percent of people and by being religious i'm not saying that they're actually just moral creatures who don't do anything wrong i mean even people even the killers even people who are very bad even people who do really bad things they are religious like um maybe not religious religious but they still believe that you know they still believe in a god or like in a higher power and this is one thing that i have found people in nigeria actually use that as a coping mechanism for a lot of their daily struggles and in my experience at least from what i've observed it actually does help a lot so you you can see someone who is really poor someone who is struggling someone who is just going through the hardest times of their lives you know that you know they're barely able to eat and um you talk to them and Yes, you can tell that they're struggling. Yes, you can tell that life is just kicking their ass. But there is still a level of hope that they always have. It's almost that hope of someday it'll get better. Someday things will improve. I have a God that, you know, is watching out for me. I I believe in my God and, you know, it's uh, this is just a temporary struggle. And I don't know. It's just weird. It's just... No, not weird. I'm sorry. That's not the word to use. It's just, it's just interesting how people will be like, oh, you know, someday it'll get better. Um, and they go to church the next, the next Sunday, and they're just very happy. They're just, you know, praising God. They're just excited and everything. And even with me, I grew up in a Christian family, right? And uh, even though my life today is. Uh, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, <laughs> I grew up in a Christian family and just having that background from back home, you know, even till this day, yes, I, I go to church sometimes and I still believe, like I believe in God and everything. I have that same level of, I still use that as a coping mechanism, I'll say, you know, like, I'm the kind of person that it'll take a lot to actually get me depressed, you know, like honest to God, I know mental health is a big crisis and, you know, I, I, I truly believe that everyone deserves to seek help whenever they are struggling. 
Um, but maybe that could be something that people could look into, you know. Um, everyone is different. If that's not your thing, then that's okay. But for someone like me, I always use that, you know, like whenever I'm going through the struggles of life, whenever I'm going through the toughest times, whenever things are just not working out for me, no matter how bad it is, I still always believe that, hey, like whatever it is, I'm going to get through it. You know, like I, I have a God that everything will just work out, you know, things work together for my, for my good, you know, and that's something that I tell myself, you know, no matter how difficult things get, like it'll take a lot, it'll take a lot to actually get me really, 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 really depressed. And um, I'm just honest with you, you know, I, I just have that, that natural, I don't know if it's natural or if it was just from my upbringing, but I always just believe that things will work out. I always just have that positive outlook on life in general and it helps you know you know you you see people that you know like i said they could be struggling and they could be going through the hardest times in their lives and by all means the quality of their life is really really shitty compared to people in in the west and their levels of happiness are just not even reflective of their actual condition you know they still they still have that joy in their eyes they still they're still happy they're still like excited about life they still wake up the next morning singing praising god and getting ready to attack the the day and um sometimes when you tell people that i'm struggling um in a way it's good that they are like that but sometimes it also hurts because if someone is actually going through real struggles that maybe needs some practical steps to help them you know get through that a lot of times people just say just pray about it you know just talk to god just talk to god go god will help you god will help you god will help you so it's a good thing to have but i also find that you know um there are certain things that you could do as a human being to help get yourself to the next level in life and always um you shouldn't always just depend on god and you know you shouldn't always just put everything in the hands of god i should say you know so it's it's a balance that people need to understand but i i find that it helps you know i find that people back home are very spiritual they're very religious and um they can go to the club at night, you know, they can have fun, they could sleep with a bunch of people and, you know, that's fine, nothing wrong with that. Um, and they could do they could do good things, they could do bad things, but in general, they still believe in a sense of a higher power. And I do find that somehow it helps in terms of coping mechanisms for dealing with stress and depression and all of that. And um, this is something that maybe... If you if you're dealing if you're dealing with problems, you know, maybe it's time to I don't know, revisit your church or your priest. I don't know. You know, I'm not a counselor. I'm not an expert in that department. But um, sometimes just having just having a belief in a higher power or just believing in something that's bigger than yourself. Um, I do find that sometimes it just helps with, you know, dealing with daily struggles and knowing that there's something out there or someone out there, or like there's a big, there's a purpose for everything. There's, there's a, there's a grand scheme of things in your life. You know, I, I don't know. I just, that's kind of how I help. That's how, that's how I live my life. You know, I always believe in that. So it helps me. So, Hey, you know, maybe look into it. Okay. That is lesson number four. Lesson number five. Boop, boop, 
<laughs> this is the final lesson that I learned from my visit to Africa. And here it is. Before you judge somebody else for the choices that they have made in their lives, maybe you should put yourself in their shoes and check your privilege. Check your privilege. And um, what I'm saying here is empathy goes a long way. Sometimes before you even start making comments about the certain decisions or certain choices that people have made with their lives, if you put yourself in their shoes or if you hear their background story, you would realize that maybe if you had been in that same situation, you probably would have acted the same way or you might have made similar decisions with your life. Now, this is not promoting violence. This is not saying that, oh, if somebody acts violently towards another person or takes a life, then it's okay or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of stories that you see people going through. And this is very, very, very... um. You see that a lot in Nigeria. I'm going to use an example for you so you understand. Um, there's this one girl that I hooked up with when I was back home. And she she really opened up to me. And um, she said that for three years of her life, she was a prostitute. And, you know, she was making money and, you know, sleeping with a bunch of random guys and getting paid for it. Now... A lot of people, some people would say, you know, you do what you have to do and everything. But then um, the kind of questions, the kind of stories that she told me of all of the things that she had to do to survive and how she got out of a, a very toxic family relationship where they literally kicked her out because she got pregnant from her boyfriend. Um, oh, man, the story was just so heartbreaking. Like, I was like, what the hell? Like, it was crazy. Um, and then she, there was no way for her to survive and she just got into prostitution, you know. And that made me realize that, you know, sometimes you look at people and you say this person is doing A, B or C. Uh, and because of that, they're, they're a bad person, you know. But if you actually go through their life history, you really realize that so many things may have gone wrong. And you see this in Canada as well. Like you see a lot of homeless people on the streets. And now some of them, yes, they may have made bad choices in their lives. Some of them may just somehow have ended up homeless. But a lot of times, like you would find, like even back in Nigeria, like I found someone who used to work at a bank uh, for the longest time. Um, no, no, not a bank. I think it was a constru construction company. And then his boss died and because of that, the business failed because they couldn't keep going. They lost all of their contracts and everything. And next thing you know, this guy is sleeping in his fucking car. I will tell you, like, in Nigeria, it's actually very difficult to to bounce back if you've lost your job. Like, a lot of times you have to... It's it's so it's kind of hard to find jobs. I'll say that like employment is very low for people in Nigeria. So imagine you losing your job and having to like f start all over again or maybe look for help. You may need some time to like recuperate from that. And I've seen people oftentimes just because because they lost their job or because something really bad happened in their lives, they ended up homeless. Now, you would see a homeless person and you might just automatically conclude that, oh, this person is homeless because they're lazy or whatever. They should go do something. But then when you really go through their life history, you, you realize that this person, at some point, they were doing really well and they didn't do anything wrong. It was just somehow life just 
life just didn't treat them fairly and you know things just happen and a series of unfortunate events and one bad luck after the other and then they ended up homeless now that being said i am not saying that you shouldn't take responsibility for your life because i believe that everybody in the end ultimately has that ability to take themselves to the next level some people are born into wealth other people create wealth for themselves and in the end you have to really want something for you to go after it to get it so yes there's certain things that you could also do to improve your life but um a lot of times, yeah, people people go through a lot of hard shit, you know, and when you see them in those situations that they find themselves, you shouldn't automatically just jump to conclusions and say, fuck this person or this person is this person is bad or whatever, you know, like so many times certain things led to that. And maybe if you had been in that same situation, you probably may have done the same thing or you may have ended up in the same position that that person ended up in. So check your privilege, you know, realize that in so many ways you might be fortunate in certain things and not everyone has it as easy as you. And it's okay to empathize with people it's okay to say you know this sucks i understand that you had to do what you had to do you know it's okay to show empathy to people just check yourself so anywho that is all that i have um i'm gonna talk more about this in the future but this was just a little something different than the usual thing that we do on this podcast i just wanted to bring that up so uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, let me know what you think about this. I hope you like it. But even if you don't, or if there's any, if there's anything that you disagree with, please let us know. And yeah, I love to have conversations like this. You can check our Instagram page, um, After Party Podcast YQR, on Instagram. So thank you guys, and I will see you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, um, this is the final episode of season one. We'll be coming back with season two of the podcast in a couple weeks where we go into like a few other things. So I'm excited. We're, we have a lot of things that are, we're working out for you guys. So thank you and have a wonderful day, ladies and gentlemen. Peace out. Boop. Party Podcast. Podcast.